this episode, I am going to be riding solo because Jim is not here. He is out at Disney on vacation for Thanksgiving. So let's crack one open for Jim. Because you want to talk about scary? You want to talk about horror? What could be scarier than being out with a couple of kids, an angry wife? No, no, thank you. Why is she angry? Because of those kids. Oh, it's a vicious, vicious cycle. So Jim is not here this week, so you're going to have to deal with me. We had a backup episode we could have put up, but I wanted to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Because I went and saw it this weekend, and we're going to talk about it. But before we get into that, some housekeeping, some house cleaning. Chucky! TV show Chucky. Uh, We are still watching that. We're keeping our eye on that. We're going to be discussing that in the not-too-distant future again. We are letting the episodes pile up, accumulate, let that story unfold. And what a story it is. They are taking that show into some interesting interesting places so chucky talk will be coming soon with that also uh, we've been talking about horror video games lately some of the scary ones maybe some of the not so scary ones with jump scares i am going to take the dive and listen to our listener suggested games lewis left a message on anchor.fm slash slash reveal pod said, all right, if you don't like the jump scare ones, try uh, Dark Woods and Project Zomboid. And after looking at both of those games, I think I'm going to be streaming Project Zomboid. I think that's the one because that is, uh, uh, doesn't look as scary as Dark Woods. That one might not have jump scares, but that one looked really, really scary. But maybe I'll get to that one down the road. But I think, you know, challenge accepted. Project Zomboid looks pretty interesting. It's your zombie survival uh, kind of open world thing. Just got to survive. Just got to survive. The zombie apocalypse is here. So you got to get your water. You got to get your base secure because they're going to try to get in. Uh, Start preparing for the winter because that's going to be a whole thing. And it sounds like the game just sort of gets more difficult as time goes on. These little events pop up and now you got to deal with that um and i've watched some videos some streams it does look like a lot of fun um it i'm sure it'll still have some scary parts these zombies are going to pop up out of nowhere and be like hey how you doing it's like fuck so i think project zomboid is uh what i'm going to be doing and i'm going to be doing it on twitch because it's that's what you do um so that's going to be twitch.tv slash uh, Tromads, that's my gamer name. That's been my gamer name forever. Uh, T-R-O-M-A-D-Z, Tromads, a.k.a. Troma D-Z. Those are my initials. Uh, you can see I worked really hard on that. Uh, so twitch.tv slash Tromads. I don't know when I'm going to be doing it. I'll try to post notifications on our Facebook and our social media stuff. Like, hey, I'm getting on soon if anybody wants to watch me fucking walk into walls and try not to poop my pants uh, with these zombies Um, so that's going to be coming and if you can't make you know that live stream i think twitch holds that episode for a a couple weeks so you can go back and check it out if you like and if you have any more suggestions 
head over to anchor.fm slash slash reveal pod. Send a message on the old voice thing on your phone. Uh, Let us know. But for the time being, I think it's going to be Project Zomboid. Uh, It will probably be frustrating for anybody that's ever played the game because I am sure I won't be very good. Uh, I'll make a lot of rookie mistakes. Things that take other players uh, a day are going to take me a week of in-game time. I'm like, hey, I found out how to open this uh, can of beans. Great. Oh, it's winter? Shit, I'm dead. So there might be some of that. But yeah, I'm actually super excited um, to play this game, to force myself to sit down and play it. No running away, no covering the eyes. You're going to play this game. Let's see how long I can survive. And uh, it, it seemed pretty cool because you, there's certain builds. Like you have certain default layout classes, essentially, that you can pick. Like, oh, he was a cop or this this person was a nurse, a mechanic. And so you have like default stats that are better than others and you just kind of you can just build it how you want and i think the rp aspect of it could be a lot of fun some some role playing that's what rp is some role playing see if i can get these these folks to survive so that is on the horizon what else do i have for you before our ghostbusters afterlife conversation uh oh yeah i saw this headline here from dread central i thought this was neat I don't want to just regurgitate articles and shit, but this was pretty neat. Um, Dread Central, the headline, the MPAA wanted to cut one of the best lines in the movie Scream, but Wes Craven won that battle. And I saw that headline, and I thought, what what line? What line could it be? What line could it be? And it makes sense now. Uh, That line is... Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And the MPAA was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't be just talking truth like that. What are you what are you doing? And they fought it, and Wes Craven argued it, and they won. And I'm glad, because I do love that line. Uh, another headline that I saw, and I want to talk about it last week, just briefly. But this is uh, more of a tease of things to come. Leonardo DiCaprio to play cult leader Jim Jones in a new biopic. This is from EW.com, Entertainment Weekly. So Leo Leo is going to be playing Jim Jones. And that's that's fun. Um, the, what is this? What am I seeing here? The screenplay was written by Scott Rosenberg, who wrote Kangaroo Jack, then took a 14-year hiatus from movies. He returned <clears throat> with the Jumanji reboot, Venom, and then Jumanji too. So that little bit is from a uh, redditor NYPD Blue. Thank you for that little addition there. So the screenplays, who who knows what to expect from that? Uh, he did write what the hell? All right. So now I'm in this just the Reddit thread, and this guy says, "Well, don't forget about the fact that he wrote Gone in sixty seconds, High Fidelity, and Con Air." So the writer of Con Air and Jumanji. And Venom, damn, this guy works. Scott Rosenberg. Hey, hey, I love it. I love me a working screenwriter. I'll write whatever you want. I don't give a shit. Give me Nick Cage or The Rock. Oh, you're going to give me Leo? I'll take Leo. I'll take Leo. So I'm going to keep my eye on that. Let's talk about Ghostbusters 
Afterlife. And this is going to be spoiler heavy, so if you haven't seen it, you're going to want to head on out. And next week, Jim will be back. I don't think we're going to have anything too spoilerific for you. But Ghostbusters Afterlife, odds are, if you cared about Ghostbusters Afterlife, you've already seen it. You would have seen it on day one, like I saw it on day one. Not a full theater, by the way. Thursday night, I said, ugh, not a lot of people in here. I'm I'm nervous about that. And before I get too far, let's go to the tape. Yeah, $75 million budget, that's what I thought it was. $60 million box office, according to Wikipedia. So they're, they're still getting their money in. It's only been not even a full week yet, so they'll probably have some success. We'll see what it does overseas, that foreign market. I don't think there's anything too offensive for the Chinese audiences or anything or any maps in the background. They're like, what are you saying as a country? So let's talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, I'm surprised at the, the tomato tomatometer. I'm surprised at these numbers. We'll start with that. The critic score for this, 62%, which honestly, I think is fair. You know, I know that's not what the tomatometer is, but if I had to give it a percentage, I would say 62 is a pretty fair grade or score for it. The audience score, so how is the audience like in this? Because 62% of the critics, you know, gave it a positive review or whatever. Audience score, 96%. Woo! Damn. Got all these people right in their nostalgia. Boom! Hit them up. And I was surprised because before Ghostbusters Afterlife came out, you know, just like the week before, you know, last week, literally last week, I was hearing mixed things. People either thought it was a cute movie that did the originals justice sort of thing and then there was the opposite we're like this is a fucking travesty how could they do this there's no slimer i need him (laughs) but 96 percent of the audiences are loving it and you know what that's awesome good for them uh i can i can tell this is definitely going to be one of those movies that lives on TNT and TBS Saturday afternoon 3 o'clock nothing's on hey what's on TBS Ghostbusters Afterlife that's what's fucking on Paul Rudd again oh another Paul Rudd movie like you would complain like you would complain about more Paul Rudd so let's get into it let's talk about this nostalgia because the I like Ghostbusters I love Ghostbusters I have a Ghostbusters jacket with my own personalized name tag, like I'm a fucking Ghostbuster. Um, I don't have a proton pack or anything. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just haven't gotten around to getting one yet. Um, so I love Ghostbusters. I like Ghostbusters too. I give me some Vigo. I don't. I'm not one of those people. I just like the Ghostbusters. Uh, game is fun. Ghostbusters 2016 is what it is. It was it was bad. It had nothing to do with uh, ladies or men. It was just bad uh, because Paul Feig is bad. And he's bad at the things that he does. So now we have Ghostbusters Afterlife. Directed by Ivan Reitman's son, Jason Reitman. So this is a family affair. And Jason Reitman... Uh, 
started with Juno. I think that was his first thing. And uh, talented enough uh, director. You know, he's he's built in. He's like your Max Landis who just, they don't have to do fuck all. It's like, who's your dad again? Oh, yeah, you're fucking hired. So, uh, makes sense that he would do Ghostbusters Afterlife. His dad did, you know, the original Ghostbusters. And he was saying things like, you know, I never wanted to do Ghostbusters. You know, hard to live up to that legacy sort of thing. And I think his father passed away. Um, so maybe that changed some things. And for whatever reason, he decided to to take it up and said, you know what? I will. I will do a Ghostbusters movie. And here it is, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Um, if his father did indeed, and I'm pretty sure Ivan Reitman did pass away. Um, and that will make sense with a lot of the themes in the movie. There's a lot of dad stuff. A lot of dead dad stuff that makes you... And I think folks that uh, have, you know, father issues or if you've lost your father, this movie's probably going to fuck you up. This movie's going to fuck you up because um, it really tugs on, on those uh, heartstrings for sure. And they tug on the nostalgic heartstrings. Boy, oh boy, they like to play that. But you knew that was coming. You, you're not making an original IP. This is it's a fucking Ghostbusters movie. So we're going to have... You know, some marshmallows in there. We're gonna, we didn't have any slime. All, all goddamn movie. They did not. They did not treat my boy Vigo well in this. They didn't. They just ignored him. There's so many Easter eggs and little things like, oh, that's the toaster from part two. What that hops around. You know, all those books are stacked up, like in the library in the opening scene of Ghostbusters. A lot of that sort of thing. And I'm like, if I don't fucking see a painting, a Vigo or something, a printout, a postcard, something in a vault, if I don't see that ugly son of a bitch, I'm going to be pissed. And I was pissed because he's not in there. If he was, I missed him. If if I did miss him, leave a message on anchor.fm. And let me know where the hell he was because I, I was looking. Now, to the nostalgic stuff, um, I wasn't going in, you know, super amped up like, you know, with the Halloween movies. Um, I was like, it's going to be what it is. It's not going to ruin my childhood if it's bad or anything like that. It's not going to fucking make me cry. But I'll tell you what, almost cried immediately. First 10 seconds. They... (laughs) The first 10 seconds. And it wasn't even anything that they showed. It wasn't even anything visual. It were it was the familiar musical cues of the original Ghostbusters. Some of those spooky uh, little musical interludes that they do. The, the walking music or whatever it's called. Uh, all those spooky sounds and music. The, the theremin. I think it might be a theremin in there. It just, that hit me more than anything else. And I said, oh man, if they can just ride the music out for two hours, they they might have something here. And uh, speaking of two hours, this movie's 125 minutes. This movie's over two hours long. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? A Ghostbusters movie does not 
need to be over two hours long. Not even a little bit, especially this Ghostbusters movie. And I will go over some things that they probably could have cut because there are many things they could have cut. So let's get in, into that. But yeah, they hit you with that music and stuff right off the bat that just says, you know, that just screams Ghostbusters to you. And it's comfortable. And you settle in. And then it's like a nighttime scene. So, so yeah, spoilers the rest of the way. Uh, it's like a nighttime scene. Somebody's driving Ecto-1. And they're they're doing some stuff. And it's clearly one guy. And they're shooting it from afar going out of their way not to show you who it is especially his face and you go okay that's Egon that's Egon Spengler and it was of course and I was so fucking surprised that they did that so the movie's called Ghostbusters Afterlife you've watched the trailers it's clearly uh, the grandkids of Egon so he's gonna be you know a part of the movie's story but I didn't think he was actually going to be physically in it. Obviously, this is another actor standing in. You know, they get a look-alike, uh, like Dr. Loomis. And they did a you know good job with the shadows. We're not going to light them hard you know, with the shadows and people's imaginations. Fill it in. And tremendous job. By the way, tremendous, tremendous job. And he's, uh, he's doing Ghostbusters stuff on this spooky mountain. And he's, it looks like he's trapped something. And then I think something gets away. And he drives to his place. He has a farm in the middle of nowhere. He's the dirt farmer. That's going to be a whole thing. You're your family. You're, oh, you're related to the dirt farmer. Oh, dirt farm. Uh, so he goes to his dirt farm. And uh, this spooky ghost that he's you know having this uh, battle with shows up and he tries to trap the ghost but there's a malfunction which is very unegon like by the way but it malfunctions um does not trap the ghost and he you know he gets inside uh, he ends up sitting in a chair uh, after hiding the trap because he does have something there so he's like fighting multiple ghosts or something going on but he's got one in the trap he's got a trap on him and there's a ghost in that trap there's still a ghost outside. That's pretty scary. But the ghost in the trap, he hides it in the floorboard. So he says, I'll hide that. And I'm going to, you know what? I'm old. I'm tired. I'm going to sit down. And he does. He sits in his puffy chair. And just like in Ghostbusters with Dana Barrett, when she's in her chair and the arms pop out and they grab her and they grab her titty, uh, arms pop out of Egon's chair and they grabs his dick. And it pulls him away, and that is the last we see of Egon Spangler. Uh, then we kind of cut to, you know, modern times, you know, really up to date. And we meet this family, and it's Egon's uh, daughter. She's grown. She's got these kids, and it's going to be about these kids mostly. Um, so we meet his, his daughter, the mom. I'm just going to call her mom. And she's she's kind of a hard ass. I'm gonna say it. She's kind of a bitch. And that's like that's her thing. She's you know she's a single mom, so she's got to be you know tough as nails. And she does good enough. You know she drinks a little too much. She's she's that character. Uh, the boy, the son, is uh, the Stranger Things boy Finn uh, Wolfhard. He plays Trevor Spangler. 
And then there's uh, the MVP of the movie, the star. Her name is McKenna Grace, and she plays Phoebe Spangler. Phoebes, where you at, Phoebes? And she's like an Egon clone. She's got from the swoopy hair to the dry sense of humor to the awkwardness to the love of science. Uh, she is little little Egon, and it is fucking tremendous. Uh, for a lot of the things that I feel the movie did incorrectly or poorly, uh, they nailed this character, Phoebe Spangler. And honestly, I just, I could have, that could have been the whole damn movie for me. The Finn Wolf hard Trevor Spangler, he's going to have a subplot because they're going to go to the dirt farm. So they're poor. All right. Money troubles, single mom. Oh, my dad died. My estranged father. Uh, I inherited the spooky house. Let's go to the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma. Okay, there we go. So now that we've set the scene for you. Um, so the new, new neighborhood, new city. I got to make new friends. Shit, that sort of thing and he ends up working at like a burger place because there's a cute girl there and his whole thing is i like this cute girl at the burger place and i'm just trying to be a teenage boy and i'll tell you it's one of the worst goddamn subplots i've had to suffer through in quite a while uh this character does not need to be in this movie this film would benefit from it not being in the movie. And I, when I look at 125 minutes, I say, this did not need to be in the movie. Um, this is this is the Tommy Doyle of Ghostbusters Afterlight. You're like, get the fuck out of here. Just work. Give me Phoebe. Give me Phoebes. She's great. That's the whole setup of the movie. And I didn't like that for one reason. They do not paint Egon Spangler in a positive light here. They pr- they clean it up near the end. They're like, oh, here's why he was kind of a dick, I guess. But everybody hates him. Like, he's like, she, I don't think she's even met him, which is fucking huge. Egon, go meet your daughter. I don't care how busy you are busting ghosts and trying to save the world, stopping the apocalypse. Take a weekend, my man. And because they're going to show later that he was keeping up with her, his daughter. He was keeping tabs on her in his Egon way. He would have, you know, pictures, you know, throughout time of her growing up. And he'd have little little notes like, oh, going to need braces soon. First freckle came in. You know, very Egon notes on these pictures, which was which was great. But it didn't do Egon any favors, and I don't like that kayfabe. And that's the problem that I have with Ghostbusters Afterlife, because as much as I want to enjoy it, and I did, and I will enjoy it, at the same time, I kind of have to separate that kayfabe, because in hashtag not my Egon, he's, he's not like that. Uh, same thing with the Ghostbusters. At one point, Phoebe's going to call for help. Who are you going to call? The fucking Ghostbusters. She watches that commercial back. And she says, you know what? I will call this number 555. And you know who answers that phone? Raise a cult. She says, I need some help uh, with, with this mystery we're doing in, in Oklahoma. My, my uh, grandfather is Egon Spangler. You guys were friends. And uh, Dan Aykroyd, Ray, says, Egon Spangler can burn in hell. And I almost walked out of the 
fucking theater. Are you kidding? Egon Spangler can go fuck himself. No, that is not how it goes. At least not that far. Like you can lose touch. You can do this and that, but you can't. Egon Spangler can burn in hell. That sentence should never come out of another Ghostbusters mouth unless they're possessed by Vigo. That's the only acceptable time. Oh, I was so mad about that. They do not do Egon Spangler any favors in this movie. And it's hard to enjoy the movie around those things. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I'm a fucking weirdo. So we're in Somerville, nowhere, Oklahoma. Spooky dirt farm. The boy's working. Uh, the boy's working at the burger shack with the, the cute girl. Teenage romance subplot which serves no fucking purpose. And the girl uh, has to go to summer school? This shit didn't make any fucking sense. This movie sucks. <sighs> it doesn't suck. I take that back. I take that back. But this movie's fucking frustrating. Why does the smartest girl in the, the United States have to go to goddamn summer school? Because she's got to meet Paul Rudd, who's a seismologist. What? What? Oh, how convenient. Oh, all the earthquakes happening for no reason in Oklahoma. That's sure great that the substitute teacher in our story is a seismologist. The only time I've ever seen another seismologist is Randy Marsh from South Park. You never see him because they don't exist. Unless you need him to exist in your, sh- your story conveniently. Hack! Hack! Hated it. Hated it. And he didn't have to be a professional seismologist because they really don't do that much with it. Like, all the Paul Rudd, I'm a seismologist and uh, there sure are some earthquakes for no reason and maybe we'll investigate it. You're a smart little girl. We're a fun little odd couple team, which is fine. Once again, that I have more of that than uh, Finn Blowhard. Didn't need him. Didn't need him. And I love Finn. He's good. Looking forward to Stranger Things. Love him. Friend of the show. Come on. Come on in. <laughs> but yeah, that, she didn't need to be at summer school. We didn't need a seismologist. She could have carried that load. She could have, and she does. She does fucking carry that load because she's in summer school and they're watching Cujo at one point and then they're watching another like horror movie because he's a bad substitute, you know, s- summer school teacher. He puts on a movie for the kids. He says, look guys, I'm charming as fuck. I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. Here's a movie. I'm going to be in this office in the back room doing the things that I like, which is seismology. And she loses interest in Cujo, which, understandable. It's like two hours of a fucking dog walking around a car. Good luck. And she goes back there in his office. He's like, hey, what you doing? Um, Well, actually, they do much better than that. Um, She doesn't ask you know what are you doing she fucking tells him what he's doing she says oh you're doing some seismology that's a seismic map uh here's what that is uh you're fucking equations wrong boom boom you know just genius girl shit i don't think she corrected an equation i'm giving the movie too much credit um but she she knows what's going on so they can have their conversation on why are there so many spooky earthquakes in a place that should not have earthquakes there's no fault lines there's no fracking this shouldn't be happening and obviously we know there's, you know, something supernatural. It, it, it's all about getting it out there. Let's get that exposition out there for him, for the audience. Thank you. 
And that is about it for, I guess we'll call that act one. Paul Rudd flirts with the mom. He says, oh, you're an alcoholic. That's great. You want to bang? Like there's really no reason that they should be a thing except for he's a guy and she's a girl. And if that's all it fucking takes for you. Who wrote this? Um, do, 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 do. Uh, Jason Reitman, the director, co-wrote it. Uh, Dan Aykroyd's going to get based on credit. And Gil Keenan co-wrote it with Jason Reitman by the looks of things. Who are you, sir? Gil Keenan wrote. Okay. He wrote Ghostbusters Afterlife. And that's 2021. His other writing credit, also 2021, A Boy Called Christmas. A Boy Called Christmas. So two writing credits. Because that's my whole thing with this movie. It's fine. I'll even go as far as to say it's good. But it is a handful of things away from actually being great. But unfortunately, those handful of things that they went south with bury the movie for me. At least me personally. Now, 94, 96% of people love it. So who cares what I think? But that man... It's, uh, it suffers needlessly. So back to the story of drunk mom and her wacky kids at the dirt farm. Spooky things happen at the dirt farm that only the girls sees. It looks like Egon's spirit is bonding with her immediately, which makes sense. Just make the whole fucking movie that. Um, she finds like a chessboard or whatever in her new room. And she just sets up the pieces and goes to bed. But then in the morning, one of the pawns is out. Somebody made the first move of the game. And she goes, hmm. So she makes a move and then she goes to school. And then when she comes back from school, the, the, the spirit made another move. And she goes, hmm. And she just kind of starts playing this, this game. And nobody acknowledges it really. Ghost. There's not a lot of that. And that's going to be another issue that I had with this. Because 1984, Ghostbusters, Manhattan, Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, Half of New York Destroyed, all that good shit. It's like it never happened in this movie. Unless you, unless you want to reference something or move the story along, then suddenly everybody fucking remembers. Um, like these kids don't know who... who they don't know who their grandfather is, which is fine because mom's mad at her dad because dad wasn't there. I'm not even going to tell my kids about who their grandfather is. Fuck them. That I get. That's fine. But when they're like, oh, you know, Egon Spangler, you know, all this kind of stuff starts coming out, they should go. And first of all, your fucking name is Spangler. Your fucking name is Spangler. The kids in school are going to be like, Spangler? Like that guy that destroyed New York with those other three fat guys? Like, they should know. They don't have a fucking clue who they are. Ooh. Ooh, that rubbed me the wrong way. And it wasn't just them, but a good amount of people, unless they needed to advance the story, then they knew. Um, that drove me crazy. Like in Ghostbusters 2, people knew who they were. They were jokes. 
but they knew who they were. They're going to hire them out for their birthday parties, but, you know, ghosts, the ghosts don't even exist anymore. And that's kind of the lore we have here, where it's like there hasn't been a sighting, you know, since those times, uh, mostly because the Ghostbusters stopped Gozer and Vigo. Um, so they kind of went on a business and they went apart. And story-wise, lore-wise, at least in this movie, um, Egon ended up, you know, they kind of say, like, he was losing it, man. You know, he was doing things on his own. And he ended up stealing uh, a bunch of equipment from the Ghostbusters and just disappeared off the face of the planet in Oklahoma. So he stole, obviously, Ecto-1, because it had to be in the movie, so he stole that. Uh, proton packs, because that has to be in the movie, so he stole them. Uh, and a bunch of traps. And so that was why uh, Ray, you know, was like, Egon Spangler can burn in hell. Because it was a nasty breakup because Egon uh, just, he went rogue. He went rogue. <sighs> like I said, they didn't, they didn't do him any favors. Any favors whatsoever. So, yeah, things are spooky. Uh, Lil Egon and Paul Rudd. Uh, do a seismic investigation and long story short which would have been appreciated um, that opening mountain where Egon was trapping ghosts and stuff there's some spooky shit going on there there's uh, there's a mine shaft and inside that mine shaft there's kind of like uh, you know etched carvings on the wall it's sort of like a, a, a temple area pretty much and it goes deeper and deeper and th and that's about it like this there's so much that they could have fucking cut and got right to this moment here where eventually the kids are going to go down there uh finn and his new girlfriend who's you know he's trying to win her over uh, they're going to go down there and they're going to they're going to find why there's goddamn earthquakes and here's why there is a portal it's like a big pit in the room like a well like a big well and it's like a supernatural a pit and ghosts keep trying to come up and i think it's gozer and gozer's folks um but egon with all the equipment that he stole he's got the proton packs rigged on like several columns and they're all pointing at the portal and essentially once when, when the ghosts act up and they try to get out of the portal hole uh, the proton packs fire up and he and they shut them they shut the ghosts down zap the shit out of them get back in your hole so every now and then, whenever there's an earthquake in the movie, it's because the ghosts are trying to get out and the, the proton packs are slapping them around saying, get back in your hole. And I loved it. Very, very Egon. The idea is pretty, pretty cool. And we, we get the, the, you know, the temple and the etchings and we find out it's Gozer. And we have the terror dogs again. You know, we have the whole key master, gatekeeper, scenario aka soft reboot and and this is where i was at my most furious because we get a lot of nothing a lot of filler all the ghost stuff is cool but when they introduce gozer and the terror dogs i sat back and i said now we got a ghostbusters movie even if it is just a soft reboot same story lazy I said, all right. I mean, I like the original. I like that story. I like this story. Let's go. Let's get it. As soon as it starts, it's fucking over. 
we find out it's Gozer and there's Terra Dogs. Boom. Next scene, Paul Rudd's in a Walmart, which I don't need Walmart in my movies ever. Thank you. Um, he's in there and there's that Stay Puft Marshmallow scene where the little marshmallow guys are coming out of the bag and they're fun. They are cute. They're like little gremlins where they're just mischievous, causing a havoc. And they'll like kill each other and themselves. Like they don't give a shit. They're just adorable murder hobos. And uh, the terror dog is there. And the terror dog gets Paul Rudd. So now he's the gatekeeper. So he's going to be your Louis Tully, essentially. And mom is going to be your Dana Barrett. And they're going to be, you know, possessed by these terror dog spirits and i hated that i said that's what we're, we're just doing that again but what angered me was there's really no ghost activity in this movie like when gozer shows up and there is that scene like oh no we lit gozer out and spirits are starting to cause havoc it's one scene it's one scene there's a ghost miner in a cafe and he's like yeah give me a cup of coffee uh, there's another spirit out in the street. Um, there's really no montage of we got to get these ghosts and all that. It, it's it's immediately Gozer's out, Terra Dogs, Ghost Miner getting coffee. Now we're at the temple to fight Gozer. What the fuck? What the hell? Honestly, what I just described there, that should have been the whole movie, obviously drawn out. Like release Gozer a little bit earlier. Let's see and feel that havoc. Let's learn about Gozer. Let's earn some of these victories. They hot shot the booking to a ridiculous degree. It was like hitting the brakes after going 80 miles per hour. I said, we're at the temple. We're fighting Gozer already. We just found out what a Gozer is. There is one ghost element that's super fun. Like I said, there's no Slimer in this. But they do have their version. So... Uh, at the dirt farm, you know, little Egon's, you know, figuring out what's going on. Like, oh, my grandfather was a Ghostbuster. And, oh, I found this proton pack. And, oh, there's a trap under the floorboard. Whoops, lit that loose. So that, oops, some gozers out. Whoops. Um, but they have this proton pack. And you have to have that scene so they at least knew how to do this. They have to have that scene where it's like, well, now you got to use it. That's Chekhov's proton pack. You got to use it. You got to bust some ghosts. It's fucking called Ghostbusters. Bust them. And... She takes the proton pack with Paul... Um, not even Paul Rudd. There is a character in this who's so adorable. Um, so you have Phoebe Spangler, little Egon. She's great. And she's awkward, and she doesn't have a lot of friends, especially in a new town. She makes one friend. His, his name is Podcast, because he has a podcast. And he's always like filming and recording, and, and he's also awkward. And he's adorable, and they are precious together um you can tell he's like sweet on her but it's not like uh, you know rolling your eyes it's so fucking good and so it's phoebe and podcast she's like oh i got this proton pack and you've helped me learn who my grandfather is thank you supporting character i needed you for that they find a ghost because they have the pke meet pke meters which get a lot of play in this um you know it's you follow it. It's hot, 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 cold, 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 hot, 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 hot. So they would find these ghosts. They find a ghost in a factory. And there's Slimer's in there. And there's Slimer's not called Slimer. He's called Muncher. 
because he munches, he eats metal. Um, and he only eats metal because he's going to help uh, something escape from prison later, so it makes sense that he could eat bars. So that's why that exists. But he's just a sloppy, goofy, dumb, dumb ghost that we needed in the movie because she's got to hone her skills with that goddamn proton pack and using the trap, which... Because that's what—that's how you tell those stories, you know. They, you have to struggle early on. And I loved him. I love Muncher. I love Phoebe. I love podcast. Do you love podcast? I do. Um. Yeah. So, and and then they just fucking fast track it, and you're at this temple fight, and this is going to piss a lot of people off. So if you like Ghostbusters. Uh, in any really serious way, if you've seen the movies more than a couple times, um, you know the name Evo Shandor. He was the architect of that building in Ghostbusters. He's a cultist, and he's trying to bring Gozer back and all that. He's up to no good, this cultist. He's up to no good. And he appears in this movie. That temple... He's in that temple. He's in like a tomb, like a cryogenic, clear, you can see his face tomb, and he's keeping himself alive because he wants, he's waiting for the moment when Gozer returns so they can rule the world together. And I, I go back and forth how I feel about that lore addition. I do. I go back and forth on it. Um, did we need that? Is he spookier just not knowing the details of his crazy plans? Like we've we've turned it into a love story for no reason, I guess. And that was weird. Played by uh, JJ, JJ, J.K. Simmons. He's uh, Evo Shandor. And they don't do him any favors. So he's in the, the see-through tomb crypt. And you know, he opens his eyes. He scares podcast, which you know, it was it was fun. It was a cute moment. Um, but Gozer's out and about. Terror dogs are out and about in the temple. Kids are running around. Ah, it's crazy. Oh, we gotta stop him. Uh, Evil Shandor awakens, leaves his tomb, sees Gozer, and says, "Oh, Gozer, oh my love, I've I've done all this for you." Um, all for it was all for this moment to bring you back, so we can rule their their world together. And I can't wait. And she just grabs him and literally rips him in half. Thanks for coming by, Evo. Ivo, thanks thanks for popping in. We're gonna introduce you just to kill you real quick because people might know the name Evo Shandor. So we're just gonna get that in and just fucking ruin it. Worst part, no blood. Rip this dude in half. Ripped this dude in half. No blood. Fuck you. Oh, I hated that. It was on, and, and I was on board. I said, wow, Shandor's here. Oh, he's alive now. You know, like maybe he's going to do some evil shit. Maybe he's like a wizard and he's going to help Gozer. Because the spoilers, the Ghostbusters show up. Worst part of the movie. And But no, they just rip him in half. She rips him in half and it's terrible. Let's get to that. Ghostbusters show up. Because she called Ray. You know, Egon Springer can burn in hell. Ah, they show up anyway. It is Ray. It is Winston. Looking good. 
and it is Vankman. Looks like shit. Looks like he look, they're they're old. And sometimes some folks look their age. Some people don't. And you can tell Bill Murray uh, was ad libbing because his lines were bad, and the other Ghostbusters lines were pretty good, especially Winston. Winston's easily the best fucking part of the returning Ghostbusters here for sure. Uh, love them. They play on that bit because Gozer does ask uh, these folks. Uh, are you a god? And they look at Ray, and Winston says, "Ray, don't Ray." And Ray's like, "I know, I know. Yes, I am a god. We're all gods, <laughs> and that's very cute, very well written." And then Bill Murray says some ad lib shit that was garbage. Uh, it happens, um, but they got him to show up. He was like, I'm not reading any of these lines. I'm not reading a word of these lines. I'm Bill Murray. I'm going to do what I want. And they end up fighting Gozer. It, they take the fight back to the dirt farm. So Egon's big plan was to isolate himself, to protect his family, to protect the world. His dirt farm, underneath that dirt, there's something underneath that dirt. Layers and layers, rows and rows of traps. Because it's all about luring Gozer in to the dirt farm and then hitting those traps and and, and taking Gozer out of commission. And, uh, I mean, they do that. They do that. Um, With the Ghostbusters' help, they're all trying, and it's a back-and-forth affair. And then Phoebe has like a one-on-one, her proton pack, against Gozer, who shoots out magic out of her arms like she's a wizard. So it's like a wand battle in Harry Potter. They're just going at it like Lord Voldemort and Harry in the graveyard. And she's getting pushed back, and she's getting pushed back. Gozer's got her number because she's the fucking god. Um, and Phoebe's getting pushed back and pushed back over with the power. It's too much. And then she stops getting pushed back. And then she, she, her stream starts winning a little bit. And you're like, what, why? What's what's different here? Uh, and they you know, pan over. And we see that Phoebe's holding her proton pack. Um, but helping her and supporting her, holding it and holding her over her shoulder is Egon. It is the spirit of Egon Spangler. They do it. You know, they, they hit you with, I don't think it's, it's not CGI, uh, Harold Ramis. It's just, it's just another actor playing Egon that they ghostify. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, Oliver Cooper serving as a body double. So I think it was Oliver Cooper playing Egon in, in this part, but there he is. It's Egon and he's holding her and helping her. And she's shooting the shit out of Gozer because he's there. And he gives her that look like, you got this little one. And I'm going to fucking cry now. Um, it's very touching. It's very touching. And I think that's why the movie has 96%. Because they are going to make you cry before you get out of there. And it makes you forget that the first half of the film is utter dog shit. Utter dog shit. But he's there, and then the worst part of the movie happens after they win. Gozer's destroyed, everybody's destroyed, the dogs are destroyed, Paul Rudd's back, Mom's back. Well, what happened? Oh, I'm hungry for uh, dog food. That's weird. Great jokes. Um, And then they have this closing moment with Ghost Egon, because I thought that was going to be it. 
Ghost Egon shows up, helps Phoebe shoot Gozer. You've beaten Gozer. Goodbye. Or they like she turns and he's just gone. But Ghost Egon fucking hangs out for a little bit. Like, bring a six-pack if you're going to hang out this long, Egon. Jesus Christ. BYOB. He's got to say goodbye to everybody. He goes up to the Ghostbusters, you know, pat on the back, fist bump, handshake. Yeah, he goes to Finn Blowhard and, you know, fix his collar. You know, like, you know, you look good if you're going to fuck. Jesus Christ, kid, you know, straighten your collar. Little, you know, a little moment with Phoebe, obviously. And then the big moment with his daughter, his estranged daughter. And it's good because they hug, because she finds out that he did care. You know, he, he did have those pictures in his office. He was keeping track of her and he did care in his own way, I guess. And they have their hug and, you know, it's very, and, you know, just the looks on their faces. It's very emotional. It's very good. But I don't know if we needed that. I, I wanted that in and out. Because I, I had a feeling we were going to get Ghost Egon at some point. The fucking movie's called Ghostbusters Afterlife. I knew it was coming. I didn't think he was going to linger. He's a bit of a lingerer. He's a bit of a lingerer. Uh, and he says his goodbyes. And that's pretty much the movie. Winston says, you know, I, I like this car. I'm going to take this car back. He's like, hey, old girl. Huh? Oh, man, you're really dirty. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to take care of you. And like the last shot of the movie is... New York City, Ecto-1, on the bridge, one of New York's bridges. I don't know the bridge's names, uh, but it's on the bridge. You know, Ghostbusters down the fucking street. Get you hyped. Hit the credits. Go on home. I said, that's a good ending. That's a good ending. And you're setting up a sequel. You know, is there going to be a Ghostbusters sequel to this in New York? I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it one fucking bit. Uh, Get rid of the boy. Give me Phoebe with the which which whatever fucking Ghostbusters you can wrangle that week. Olivia Wilde was Gozer the Gozerian. Holy shit! Oh, it says uh, we need a, a better source needed, so maybe that's bullshit. Wikipedia, ladies and gentlemen. So that was Ghostbusters. Uh, there's a there's two post credits scenes. I only saw the one, and I don't even know what the second one is until I read it right now. But I'll tell you the mid mid credit scene it's dana barrett dana barrett Uh, and she's giving vankman that psychic test from the beginning of the original movie like what's on the back of this card you know is it wavy lines she's giving him that test and it's hilarious because he's getting them all right and she's zapping him and it's cute enough it doesn't make a lot of sense but they got Sigourney Weaver in there and then that's nice that's pretty nice um is he fucking psychic because he was nailing it like the point of that is to find out if there's fucking nailed it um the second post-credit scene let's read this one together because I don't know what it is while Winston okay so I guess it's Winston while Winston is a wealthy family man who uses his resources to tend to the Ghostbusters properties, including their firehouse and raise a cult bookstore, had the Ecto-1 completely restored, and likely he is helping Callie financially. In the final shot, a red light is shown 
blinking on the ecto containment unit. Woo! Woo! I love that. Wish I stayed to see that. I would have got hype. I would have got hype. Um, so they're definitely setting some things up for some sequels if people want sequels, if they can get that money. Wouldn't mind it because we got a lot out of the way here. You know, this is like a Batman movie where it's like, okay, we know we have to do the origin story, but then we can actually have fun. Okay, now we got the fucking exposition out of the way. Here's where the Ghostbusters are. Here's what their families are doing. Let's have some fucking fun. And right when this movie started having fun, it was fucking over. I can't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Still can't. Um, Enjoyable, but it could have been so much more. And that's what's heartbreaking to me. Um, So check it out. If you haven't, I fucking just told you everything about it. Um, But it's cute enough. Little, Little Egon, her name is McKenna Grace. And she is super fucking talented. Uh, the movie ends, and you know, walking out of the theater, and they play credits, or they play, Jesus Christ, I have another one. They play music during the credits, as we all know. And there was a pretty catchy song. And I hit that Shazam before walking out. I said, What's this little pop song? I don't mind it. Uh, it's called Haunted House. I look at it, it says Haunted House by McKenna Grace. And I said, I don't know who the fuck that is, but good for, good for her. It's a song. Added to my Spotify that night. Bada bing, bada boom. Come to find out the next day, you know, getting things ready for this. And I was like, why does McKenna Grace look familiar? She plays Phoebe Spangler. Why does that name look familiar? And I look at my Spotify. I'm like, yeah, that's the same. We're about to get a heavy dose of this chick. And I'm okay with it. Super talented. Uh, Give me more Phoebe Spangler. And check this movie out when you can. Because it's got its moments. Let me know if I'm out of line. I went pretty hard at this movie. Um, so let me know if you agree or disagree, uh, anchor.fm slash slash reveal pod. Um, go to that with your phone. It'll just leave a message. Maybe I'm wrong, but that is going to do it for this episode. Uh, Jim will be back next week. We're going to get back to business. Uh, we'll see how his vacation went. I'm sure he's going to have his own horror stories. He's been sending us text messages <laughs> sounds like a bit of a shit show so we shall see um hit up uh, all of our socials everything's at uh slash reveal pod so check that stuff out uh, once again i'll be streaming uh, project zomboid on twitch uh, twitch.tv slash tromads that's me tromads otherwise that is going to do it thank you guys for bearing with me this week on this solo episode i'm Vigo the Carpathian.